It's 5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. All right, it is a uh, plug-and-go day today here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Uh, I'm just uh, breezing into the... uh, studios uh, that are away from our normal studios because we uh, had a big event up in Raleigh today, the city where Barney goes to party. Uh, A lot of our IBX colleagues were there. And uh, the uh, North Carolina Association of Broadcasters honored uh, WTIB as the station of the year, the radio station of the year. Uh, and, uh, first we say hello to Ben Byer. My, where, where, my mistake. Hello, Ben. Hello to you. Hi, Ben. There you go. A little better late than never, never for, uh, my main man, Fitzpatrick J. Ben, uh, WTIB, the radio station of the year. What do you think of that? Uh, that's pretty neat. I don't know why we didn't get a nod, but, uh, Hey, good for them. That's neat. Well, you know, they won this award when you know who joined the show. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, yeah. That is a good point. I mean, look. P-Man equals ratings. I had to cut my, you know, I was going to, I had about a 30-minute speech prepared. And I was going to give shout-outs and all that, but I I had to cut it because they had other honorees. I'm kidding, of course. They took the little, what is it, little hook and hooked you off the stage. Yes, I got the hook. I got the wrap-up. Got the Oscars wrap-up before I even started. And then um, for the third year in a row, uh, Mark Miller, who is now a gloating Philadelphia sports fan, uh, and Laura won the uh, morning show award uh, from the NCAB. So congratulations to them. Uh, Mick Mixon went into the Hall of Fame. They, Rightfully they so. also do they also do the Hall of Fame, um, you know, stuff during that. And uh, Mick was in the Hall of Fame. And it was great. He gave a great speech. He was funny. Uh, his highlight video, because they had a little video that accompanied all the winning stations and the Hall of Famers. Really, really cool. Uh, one of my old colleagues, if you listen on uh, 103.7 and 96.3 uh, to the North Carolina News Network, Mike Raley, uh, got in there to the Broadcasters Hall of Fame today. Uh, and uh, a guy named Bill Leslie, who probably, you know, we used to get WREL on the cable outlay, so I'm sure people that watch WREL in Greenville and in Eastern North Carolina on the old school cable outlay uh, saw uh, Bill Leslie in their time. He also got into the Hall of Fame today. There's another lady, her name slips me now, who was in the uh, triad market that got in, but um, that was cool. I was happy for all those folks. Uh, that they got in. But uh, congratulations to uh, Mark and Laura on the morning show. And congratulations to uh, really everybody because uh, WTIB got the uh, the award, and that was, that was really a neat thing to see uh, happen. We, of course, uh, are going to have plenty of sports today. We're going to have some Mike Houston comments. How are we coming on that, Ben? Are we, are we 
He's, Making I'm time not gonna lie, he's being a little slow right now. I, I had to okay. get on him. So. Yeah, so hopefully we'll have some Mike Houston comments coming up. And uh, we're going to have... Uh, we're going to have uh, Jay Sunholder on, ESPN college football analyst, to uh, talk some college ball with uh, with us, the Pirates, and more. Uh, do we have Coach uh, Sawyer yet, Ben? Is he called in? Okay. We also want to check and see what's going on. Boy, this, uh, this stuff in uh, Florida. I mean, I'm watching on one of uh, the vast monitors in the studio I'm in today uh, of Fort Myers, Florida. And, I mean, there's boats in the streets of Fort Myers, Florida, at least on this monitor I'm watching. Uh, just devastating stuff. Hurricane Ian, of course, that has caused the ECU game to be moved to uh, Boca Raton against USF. Uh, so we'll get uh, a little bit of details on that and what the Pirates may be facing weather-wise traveling down and what they may be facing uh, on game day, hopefully a lot better conditions. And then really what we could expect here – in uh, the East, we bring in uh, Storm Team 9 meteorologist and our weather expert for the Patrick Johnson Show, Coach David Sawyer, Pod <laughs> Sawyer, back on the line with us here. I, by the way, your son, we gave him the big shout yesterday, didn't we, Ben? Uh, Columbia this weekend. We did, yeah. Big game for the Columbia Thank Lions. For big we Columbia laid it all out. He, he played. Yes, we're rooting for Columbia this weekend. He played offensive line at Rose, as we know. And, uh, yeah. look, it's a good thing he got his mother's athletic ability and intelligence because he <laughs> is a college football player in the Ivy League. So that's that's a cool thing. Spot on, Patrick Johnson. You are right. Mom's DNA, the athletic uh, talents that uh, my wife, Kathy, has. I'm so glad uh, my kids have capitalized <laughs> on that. And in all seriousness, I thank you so much, Patrick, to you and the entire team for the shout-out for my son, David, as this is his senior year at Columbia. Oh, and, wow. Uh, it's just been a fantastic, just a fantastic opportunity for him to fulfill his dream of playing college football. And, uh, yes, they're taking on Princeton on Saturday in New York. And, uh you know, really, as as you mentioned, you know the the implications of the Ivy League football season. Um, it will it will be huge. This is a defining moment for Columbia in that uh, you know Princeton and Yale and Harvard are yeah. perennial favorites. Dartmouth, you know, you put Dartmouth, of course, in the running for that as well. But uh, the the um, the team this year at Columbia has a tremendous uh, amount of experience and. You know, I, I'll I'll go no further than that, Patrick. <laughs> I certainly do not want uh, to to bring no, no. bonus on uh, the Lions in any way. But I will say that yeah. uh, it's confidently, uh, very very uh, very appreciative of of your comments. Uh, appreciate you and Ben and and the team uh, what you had to say, and uh, really appreciate the uh, shout out because uh, David, being an Eastern North Carolina Rose High School graduate, he. Uh, really, you know, really do appreciate uh, the encouragement as well as the support that that many have given to uh, our athletes that have gone on to play at the college level. One o'clock in the Big Apple, Wine Stadium. One o'clock in the Big pronounced. Apple, Wien. Yeah, Wien Stadium, Wine Stadium. Point is, Princeton, Columbia. We are Columbia uh, this weekend, at least uh, yes. here on the Patrick Johnson. <laughs> Thank you show. so much. I appreciate All right. that, Patrick. But we've got also, uh, also Storm. Appreciate you yeah. Me on. yeah, let's go with yeah. it. Yeah. We've go got ahead. Storm Team Mind meteorologist David Sawyer with us. I've been at a, a, at practically all afternoon at a uh, broadcasters association uh, event. So um, 
Hey, I, I haven't watched. Listening. Congratulations to all the awards, Patrick. To, yeah, to, well, uh, to, again, to, at, yeah, this is you, that bringing home the bringing home the hardware. My goodness. Great. Well, as you know, uh, having coached me in school, I'm the ultimate hanger on. I will, uh, I will take glory and contribute nothing to the cause, and that's what I'm doing with this WTIB award. <laughs> I've taken, I've taken it, all the glory, even though I really wasn't much of a contributor. All right, um, let me let's let's get down to brass tacks. Anytime we have you on, we're unfortunately talking about uh, adverse weather, uh, be it a hurricane, right. be it a snowstorm, and uh, I don't yes, like sir. either one. So, what are w- give us the latest right now on Hurricane Ian? Which what this morning when I was on the morning show was a Cat Five nearly. W- what's going on with Ian was- right now? Yeah, it, it was it was it was right on the cusp of Category Five. It is still a major Category Four hurricane on the Saffir Simpson wind scale as of the very latest information just coming in at 5 p.m. Uh, it did make landfall, Patrick, uh, this afternoon near uh, Fort Myers, uh, specifically Punta Gorda, Florida, mm-hmm. with 145 mile per hour winds. A major Category Four hurricane. As you also mentioned on the air just prior to our visit here, uh, you correctly shared with our listeners that this system is bringing tremendous, devastating situations to the West uh, West Florida coast, the Gulf Coast of Florida. And yeah. uh, yes, the Fort Myers area ground zero for that storm as it moved into the Punta Gorda area around 3.05 this afternoon. Uh, as of the 5 o'clock advisory, Patrick, it is still a powerful hurricane, Category 4 hurricane right now as it's moved ashore uh, and continues to move to the northeast uh, and moving across the peninsula of Florida right now. And consequently, that, of course, does have bearing on what we can expect in eastern North Carolina. The maximum sustained winds over Florida right now at 140 miles per hour, maximum sustained winds with gusts over 165 miles per hour, still a major powerful category for a hurricane. So as we do historically with this type of situation, Patrick, of course, honored to be a part of your program and uh, would love to, uh, as you as you do, uh, you lead us through the interview from the standpoint of where you want to talk about condition-wise, time-wise, and even you've asked me to do a little homework, uh, glad to do yeah. it. Uh, to, uh, to uh, come up with a forecast well, <laughs> for Boca Raton, look, Florida, where the where the where the ECU game has been has been moved, as you pointed right. out. So David Sawyer, uh, Storm Team Nine meteorologist, uh, many years voted the most handsome meteorologist in all of television, uh, multiple times, <laughs> is with us here on the phone. I'm not joking about that. I'm being very serious. And and like you're like Ben, I give you just more stuff to do. When you're good, I give you more stuff to do. So you know what it's like to live the life of Ben now with that homework assignment. But so let let's get into. <laughs> What we can expect, you know, I, I would, I always say the East, you know, kind of maybe 40 on a, to 95 to the coast on up, you know, through, through sure. Greenville and all that. Cause we all have, some of us have coastal interests, that kind of thing. Absolutely. Um, so just yeah. when will we start to see the first or, or feel the first effects from this uh, massive hurricane? Yes, absolutely. Here is. Oh, uh, and, and, well, and let me ask you that. Let me say this. We're not expecting sure. the eye wall to to pass in any coastal interest. I mean, we're talking about, I guess the the most recent pattern does take it back in the Atlantic, but then pulls it in around Savannah or maybe even South Carolina. 
Yeah, around Charleston is is the very latest official oh, forecast wow. track of it making a second landfall in the mainland United States, Patrick. And that, of course, uh, does, uh, <clears throat> with the fact that it is getting back out over the Atlantic Ocean, uh, in that fact, uh, will make landfall again around Charleston, South Carolina, sometime during the afternoon on Friday. That would be the center of the circulation, what, what is known as the yeah. eye or the center of that circulation. So what we're, these, are, these are major takeaways for eastern North Carolina and the entire listening area, and this is what we can expect. We are going to be on in a forward-moving tropical system. We're going to be on the rougher side of the Mm. storm. That means that what we call front-right quadrant or the northeast portion of the forward-moving storm, that's going to move over North Carolina, eastern North Carolina, specifically during the day on Friday. As a result, what I expect right now, Patrick, as of the latest forecast information that I have been studying, preparing for our time on the air this afternoon, I'm expecting rain to start developing tomorrow evening, tomorrow night. Uh, outer, uh, what we call rain bands, will start to move into the coast of North Carolina, say from Wilmington to Jacksonville. I'd also like to add, Patrick, that there has just been issued a tropical storm warning up to Surf City, North Carolina. So wow. that includes the southeastern coast. That means within 24 hours, winds will exceed 40 miles per hour for the coast of North Carolina. And I know, and, and, and appropriately so, I know our listeners would like to know, as you uh, do such a great job of, of uh, you know, breaking down the listening area into different regions, and we can talk about each one. I've got information about each part of okay. the listening area that I will respond to that. But just in the nuts and bolts, Patrick, right now we are expecting winds to exceed uh, the, the tropical storm threshold on Friday. Uh, so therefore, the National Hurricane Center has officially issued a tropical storm warning from uh, Surf City southward and a tropical storm watch from Surf City to Cape Lookout. So that gotcha. does mean that we're not quite out of the woods with the possibility of tropical storm force winds that could be, be between 40 and 50 miles per hour for our coast. But I'll pause right there and let you, uh, yeah. you know, reset for us and we'll continue on. All right, uh, Storm Team 9 meteorologist David Sawyer. The cone does not uh, have the eye wall right now making landfall anywhere in North Carolina. Like you say, it's that kind of Charleston, Savannah uh, area yep. would be would be where that is. And and, and so uh, you yep. say we're on the when, – when you say the east is on that bad northeast quadrant of, of the storm, the eye wall, you know, out from the eye wall. Yes. What does that mean for, let's just say, the coast working on – from New Bern up to where uh, we are, Kinston, Greenville, Washington, et cetera. Yes, sir. It, it means periods of very heavy rain, Patrick, uh, during the day on Friday, beginning late Thursday night and continuing into Friday, advancing northward. Those bands of heavy rain will come from south to north across the uh, listening area on Friday. Uh, that would mean for the morning hours in the southern reaches of the listening area, that would include southward uh, toward Jacksonville, Moorhead City, and then extending back toward Keenansville and other Duplin County communities for the Friday morning time frame. Then those heavy bands will continue to advance northward. Essentially, anything south of U.S. Highway 70 will have that chance of those heavier rain bands before the mid-morning hours on Friday. 
and then those rain bands will move north of U.S. Highway 70 into Friday afternoon and into Friday evening, where the latest forecast models, Patrick, have all of eastern North Carolina with potentially rain totals exceeding six, maybe eight inches of rain oh, wow. when it's all said and done. Now, that's good in the sense that we don't have river levels that are already elevated. Right, but right. But flash flooding, yes, yes, flash flooding is a big deal. Flash flooding is going to happen because these heavy rain bands will drop one up to three inches of rain in an hour, and that is going to bring a lot of water in a very short period of time to specific locations as these rain bands circulate around. And let me add one more caveat to this situation with the eastern or the northeast or the front right quadrant. The spin associated with any tropical system will also warrant the possibilities of quick-moving, fast-forming miniature tornadoes. And, and just the word tornado needs, of course, to be taken very seriously. But the hard part about tropical systems, Patrick, is these what we call spin-up tornadoes. They form quickly. They don't last long. But there is very little time of warning. So everyone needs to remain weather aware on Friday in eastern North Carolina as, the, uh, as these heavy rain bands move across the listening area on Friday. Okay. Um, and then let me ask you this really quick. Um, we, so wind at the uh, coast, uh, Surf City on downward, tropical storm warning, uh, Surf City kind of on northward is the best way to put it, uh, the tropical storm watch, uh, heavy rains Friday, uh, possibility of yep. tornadoes. When does all this start to exit the area? Because this thing has really slowed down over Florida greatly. Yes, I believe, Patrick, it will be a part of eastern North Carolina weather late Thursday night through probably Saturday morning with the biggest threats of these uh, conditions that we've just outlined. Also, I'm glad you prompted me on this too, Patrick, with you reviewing what's along the coast. Deeper inland, I mean, I'm thinking wind sustained will be between 15 and maybe 30 miles per hour sustained with gusts possibly over 30 miles per hour for deep inland areas. That would include Greenville, Kinston, uh, Goldsboro, uh, Wilson, those inland areas. And let me just kind of you know radiate that outward from that Quad Cities forecast that I just mm -hmm. outlined from Greenville to Kinston to Goldsboro to Wilson. You know, anywhere within that corridor from U.S. Highway 264 to U.S. Highway 70 and, say, west of U.S. 17, just to kind of box that in, Patrick, yeah. Winds between 20 and 30 miles per hour are definitely possible from the northeast. And what that may do also for our river levels, specifically the lower Neuse River in uh, portions of Craven County, also Pamlico County and Beaufort County for the Pamlico River, the northeast continued flow, uh, Patrick, is going to cause water to back up in these regions. So possible storm surge could be between one and three feet. So anyone listening to this broadcast, needs to keep that mm -hmm. in mind. If they have coastal interest properties along mm -hmm. the Pamlico River or the Lower Noose River, needs to think about their home in respect to a northeast wind and how the water can possibly uh, be backed up because of that persistent northeast wind on Friday. Gotcha. Uh, pirates are playing in Boca Raton. What kind of, uh, obviously this, this would have to be concerning, I'm, I'm sure if you're ECU and you're flying out, uh, that's, that's a yes. That's going to be a challenge on Friday on some level, I'm sure. Uh, so what what are they looking at? They say they have a route planned, I assume, that takes them out and, you know, over the ocean down into Florida. So, you know, I assume that's what they're doing. Um, 
Yes. I don't know that. I'm just guessing. And, you know, what right. kind of – they get out as they make it down. They have a safe route. They're just not going to fly into the storm or anything. But, uh, you know, what, what are they looking at landing into Florida – Friday, and mm -hmm. then what are they looking at for game time conditions? Two thirty in Boca Raton, Saturday. Yes, what exactly, Patrick? And and I reiterate your excellent point about trusting, of course, the FAA, our pilots, who these men and women are are you know we truly put and trust our lives and safety into their excellent uh, you know uh, discretion with regard to what that flight pattern that that uh, that flight plan will be. But yes, we're going to make that presumption that. The flight will be a safely routed one for the ECU Pirates as they fly out. Uh, and we're speculating again on Friday. I think that's a reasonable uh, estimation on that. But when they get down to Boca Raton, which is where the game is going to be played now, and am I right, Patrick? Is it at 2 o'clock or 2.30? What time 2 is it? 2.30, yeah. 2.30 uh, okay. kick, yeah. On Saturday. Yeah, on yep. Saturday. For Friday, as they arrive, they're going to have a slight chance of some isolated popcorn pop-up type showers and thunderstorms on Friday in Boca Raton, Florida. It's going to be hot with highs near 90 degrees, the latest information I've looked at there. It's going to be fairly breezy, too, with southwest winds on the backside of Ian as it moves northward out over the northern uh, and western portions of Florida. But for Boca Raton, the game actually will have lots of sunshine on Saturday with temperatures, again, on the hot side if anyone uh, is going to be going if they live in Florida and are able to get to the game on uh, Saturday. Uh, ECU will be playing in, in very summer-like conditions, actually, Patrick, with temperatures in the upper 80s. Uh, west winds will not be as strong, 5 to 10 miles per hour on Saturday, but uh, overall a fairly uh, sunny and breezy forecast for mm. Boca Raton as they move the game, ECU taking on. Uh, the game this Saturday at uh, 2.30, as, as I've learned from you, and, and uh, of course, uh, uh, you know, wishing the Pirates the best as they, as they head. And, of course, uh, is it, it, was a, it was the proverbial no-brainer. They had to get that game out of uh, Tampa because yeah. of the situation uh, in the, in the uh, yeah. western portions of the peninsula of Florida, as we're well aware. Yes. All right. Uh, David Sawyer, Major Storm. Um and it is a, a tough, uh, tough uh, deal for the folks down in Florida right now. Uh, just if you would, just kind of surmise, Eastern North Carolina can expect impacts from this storm. When, in what form, and then just the rain and wind concerns and the tornado concerns. We'll, we'll do. We'll review that right now. Yes, Patrick. Uh, the, the outer rain bands from Hurricane Ian, it will likely be a strong tropical storm when it is out over the western Atlantic. The center of circulation expected to move back over water sometime Thursday night into Friday. With that, winds right now officially are around 65 miles per hour at the center of the storm, what we call that eye wall. But for eastern North Carolina on Friday, we'll see periods of heavy rain, uh, a significant amount of rain is possible for eastern North Carolina on Friday. All the day through, you need to stay weather aware in eastern North Carolina for heavy periods of heavy rain. Rain totals could exceed four, five, maybe six inches of rain when it's all said and done. Flash flooding is a possibility on Friday. Also, winds gusting between 15 and 30 miles per hour inland and over 40 miles per hour now likely for the coast from mainly the northeast as this system makes landfall again around Charleston, Savannah, South Carolina, and Georgia uh, sometime on 
late Friday afternoon into Friday evening. For eastern North Carolina, again, can't emphasize enough, stay weather aware. Storm Team 9 will be following the situation. And if any severe weather is posted, as it could happen on Friday with this system moving, uh, with the outer bands moving into eastern North Carolina, staying weather aware with the possibility of isolated storms that could have rotation and possible isolated tornadoes also on Friday. Temperatures, of course, will feel tropical as it warms mm-hmm. up with that uh, moisture moving in. But the big takeaway, Patrick, is the possibility and likelihood of heavy rain that could, of course, cause flash flooding. And uh, Storm Team 9 will continue to monitor those rain bands and those storms as they move ashore Friday throughout the day. And uh, thank you for your trust, uh, Patrick, and allowing yeah, us no. to be a part of your program. Thank you for doing this, uh, and uh, we, we really appreciate it. You have uh, a safe and enjoyable trip yourself uh, up to watch your son uh, in New York for a huge game for, for Columbia, and uh, we'll be rooting for the Lions, and uh, we'll, we'll catch up with you soon. Thank you, Patrick. Appreciate your time. All right, there he goes, the great David Sawyer. Uh, so that's the deal, uh, and uh, this is just a massive storm. Thankfully, not going to have the eye pass anywhere near us, but obviously there'll be impacts. So uh, Friday, if you can, if you can work from home, you might want to put that in your uh, in your plan. All right, we'll uh, break, and when we come back, uh, we'll have a pirate report for you. Ben will have an update. We'll also catch up with the uh, great uh, Jay Sunny Sunholder later in the hour. Stay tuned. More to come on the Patrick Johnson Show. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Ben, did you notice when uh, Coach Sawyer and I, 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 you know, in a self, uh, I can't even think of the word but or the term, but, uh, you know, just, uh, so, you know, just some, some good-natured ribbing on myself. Oh, I... I had nothing to do with this success, but I, I'm a, a phony front runner. He didn't. Uh, he didn't. Uh, he didn't uh, have anything to say to the contrary to that statement. Did you notice that, Ben? Uh, no. I, I mean, no, not really. I didn't. I didn't buy too much into it. <laughs> well, hey, maybe. Hey, maybe he agreed. Maybe he. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. Like, oh, I don't like that guy. Maybe he's saying, "Well, you're right. You hit your the nail right on the head." Um, hey, I all don't right. think it's a coincidence personally that y'all win an award all of a sudden when you join the show. So. Well, I, I think you're right. Okay. All right. Uh, let's get to the, the table now. Yeah, let's get to the pirate report here. Uh, and uh, we've got Coach Houston comments. Uh, we, of course, will have uh, the coordinators and uh, Coach Houston speaking to the media coming up at the top of the hour. Check our social media, Facebook and uh, Twitter at 943 The Game for that. Uh, we'll have clips, we'll have tweets, we'll have posts. It'll be a lot of fun. And then tomorrow, uh, Ben will be hosting the show. I have a, a TV obligation tomorrow, so Ben will be on the show. And uh, he'll have Jim Zoki, and he'll have those comments for you in uh, audio form. But right now, Mike Houston, uh, as the Pirates, of course, heading to South Florida, literally, to play South Florida. That's a novel concept, is it not? Uh, as uh, Coach Houston talks uh, about the uh, tough loss and missed opportunities against the mids, the midshipmen on uh, last Saturday. You know, obviously, uh, tough home loss the other night. Very good college football game between two really good teams. Pleased with the way the kids played from an effort uh, standpoint and just the way they competed. And, uh, you know, the game was, you know, what I expected and, uh, you know, what you come to expect uh, in a lot of these matchups. 
uh, and what you come to expect really in this conference. Uh, and uh, so, you know, just a, a great battle that went back and forth, and certainly we had our opportunities uh, at certain times late in the ball game to, uh, to win the game. Uh, and we're not able to uh, make those plays, uh, and it came down to the double overtime and, uh, you know, a great play by the kicker from Navy's. And uh, Coach on uh, facing a challenging, as he puts it, South Florida offense. And in looking at South Florida, extremely talented roster, uh, all three phases, a lot of experienced guys, offensive side of the football, uh, you know, Bo Hannon, who was uh, honorable mention All Big Twelve last year at Baylor? Led Big Twelve to the uh, led uh, Baylor to the Sugar Bowl last year. Uh, so a very uh, high end uh, playmaker at quarterback, dual threat guy. You know, take him and drop him into the talent uh, that South Florida has on offense that they had on offense from last year's team. You know, most of those guys are back, uh, and obviously it's going to be a tremendous challenge for us on Saturday. Now he said challenging. South Florida, I, I say challenged, but that's, you know, tomato, tomato. I got some challenges. Well, but you know what? They they scored some points against Florida. Now, when they kind of had to move it at the end, they got in a position, missed the field goal that would have tied it. But, I mean, yeah, they, this is a – but, you can't, you know, they looked awful against Louisville. And I, I heard Mike Houston saying Louisville's a good team and he doesn't know how they're not undefeated right now. Let's be, Louisville's not that good. It's not like that. Well, this, look. Crazy Louisville, defense. Louisville played great. South Florida probably played one of their worst games. That happens sometimes. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I, I, the thing about this game to me will be, you know, obviously the Pirates. It's not a big, you know, they're not di- they're not uh, diverting from their normal road. I mean, it's the it's not like they were going to play this game in Houston and now they're playing in Florida, or they were you know going to play it. In Florida, and, and they instead they're going to be playing it in you know Iowa. So it's you know the, it's really kind of the same trip for them in a lot of ways. Now there's you know be a little hairy with the the weather travel on uh, Friday, but my point is this is kind of you know they're on their they're on the same schedule. South Florida's totally had their world turned upside down with this awful hurricane, and then having to you know probably get down to that part of Florida. So they could just practice. So, I mean, they're practicing on the road, basically. And, and you know, I, and I'm sure they've worked all this out. And, I mean, everybody's accommodating. But that's just not the same when you're expecting to be at home and have that routine after you, you know, bust the heck out of there, probably through rain yesterday. And, you know, you're getting ready for a game. And all you can think about is what's going on, you know, with your apartment or your family or, or something like that. So that. This will either galvanize South Florida or, you know, an already kind of uh, tenuous situation may get a little more off the rails. Uh, coach, on the South Florida defense and special teams, and, and he is right about this, they have played a tough schedule. Um, we do expect the players that missed the Louisville game to be back uh, this week, so uh, I do expect them to be at uh, full steam there on offense. Uh, defensively, you look at them, uh, very talented, big up front, you, know, you got the, the two transfers there from Minnesota and Missouri on the defensive line. Uh, I think their linebacking core is really, really good. Uh, the, the secondary, they're long, run well, a 
lot of older guys there also. Um, you look at special teams. Uh, you know, the kick returner was first team all AAC last year. Uh, their kicker uh, is having a great year this year, so just a very solid football team on paper. Uh, obviously, they've had a challenging schedule and a couple of uh, a couple of tough losses. Uh, and you just watch, you know, you watch the Florida game and uh, a game that I know that they're kicking themselves because you know they should have won it at Florida. Uh, had the lead late in the game, uh, and I think you can see, you know, just what they're capable of right there. Coach talks the uh, situation with travel to Florida due to the hurricane. And now these comments were made Tuesday. So this may, you know, there may be some some modifications to this. But on the whole, this is Coach Houston on that situation, what the travel plan uh, was as of yesterday. And at this point, we knew that we were going to Boca Raton. Right, right. It had been announced they were going to Boca Raton. Good point, Ben. Everything that we're looking at right now is we do plan to go on Friday. Um, you know, obviously everything that we're doing, uh, the thing that's, you know, Front and foremost is the self, uh, the health and health and safety of our student athletes and our staff. Um, just making sure everybody, you know, has safe travel. Uh, I do think the route uh, that we will be taking uh, should be free of any weather, uh, so I don't think that'll be an issue getting in there on Friday. Uh, and it's supposed to be, you know, really pretty pretty weather Saturday afternoon. Yeah, I think the idea, and again, I, I know nothing about this, but my guess is they're flying away from the east, maybe even fly up north or, or start out and take off and go north and kind of circle out and, and fly as far out as they can reasonably uh, to avoid any of you know the bans from this thing would, would be my guess. So it might add a little time to the flight, but you know, again, the, the most paramount thing here is the safety of, of everybody. Uh, let's uh, move ahead to cut seven, and this is uh, Coach talking about the red zone offense uh, better, but but still coming up empty on some occasions. Well, obviously we've improved greatly uh, in that area um, this year, and have had a lot of success there. You know, we we got the the one touchdown to uh, to Ryan. Uh, we had uh, several field goals. Uh, down there, uh, the red zone is always challenging because it's condensed space, uh, and so with condensed space, you know, it makes it uh, you know a little more stressful. So, uh, you know, I hate we couldn't get the last kick. You know, that was I think the only red red zone opportunity we didn't score on. So, uh, it is what it is. And then, uh, coach, talking about the uh, team leadership and this uh, group's desire to uh, bounce back and get a win. Well, you know, they're sitting here two plays from being four and zero. I mean, it's it's tough. I mean, you you have a good football team against a challenging schedule, and we're gonna we're gonna have chances every week to win win ball games, and that's uh, it's going to continue throughout the year. Um, I'm proud of our kids. Uh, I'm proud of our leadership uh, because you know they've they've been the ones that have brought us here and uh, kind of given us uh, these opportunities, uh, and they continue to lead with a lot of maturity and determination. Like I said, I expect us to have a great practice today. And that's mainly, you know, based on just them and uh, the way they reacted on Sunday and just the kids that uh, I know that we have. That's the, that's the biggest thing standing up here today is just I am very fortunate. I've got a great bunch of kids. They're not perfect, but they, you know, they want to do right. They want to compete. They want to win. I promise you, there ain't nobody that wants to win worse than they do. There's no bunch that wants to win worse than our coaching staff does. And so they're all very motivated and, uh, you know, they'll go out and have a great week of practice and we look forward to playing at a high level on Saturday. Ben B-Baby Byram ahead of Jay Sonny Sunholder uh, with us. He's got a 94-3 the game sports flash update. 
Thanks, Patrick. Taking a look at what's happening around Pirate Nation. Pirate Baseball receives a massive donation worth $1 million for the Pirate Unite campaign. The donation gifted by Sarah and Dick Bennett is the lead gift so far for the baseball building expansion project. The current plan for expansion is to have enlarged locker rooms along the left field line, as well as premium seating, athletic training rooms, and video rooms for the coaches and players. Meanwhile, Pirate Head Football Coach Mike Houston gearing up for the Pirates matchup against USF. Star running back Keith Mitchell left early in East Houston previous matchup against Navy. It appeared he was dealing with an issue in his lower back and around the left hip area. Coach Houston on the status of Keith Mitchell for the Pirates' upcoming matchup in Boca Raton. I expect him to practice this afternoon. Keaton back in practice. Pirates playing at FAU Stadium in Boca Raton this Saturday against the 1-3 South Florida Bulls. Kickoff for that game has been rescheduled for 2.30. We'll bring you live pre-game coverage of our Bushlight Pirate Game Day countdown beginning at 11 o'clock Saturday for our very own Pastor Johnson and Terrence Copper right here on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. 94-3 the game. ECU basketball wrapped up their first practice yesterday. A lot of questions surrounding Boston College transfer Winston Tabs, who was out all last season due to a major in- knee injury. Pirates head coach Mike Schwartz on the status of the lights out shooter Winston Tabs. He's getting he's getting there. He's getting there. He has not been fully cleared yet, but he is back working out and he, he's on the court and he's doing really well. It's just gonna take some time to get him back on the court in live play and in, in, in terms of bone on bone contact and stuff. Carolina Panthers wrapped up practice as they get ready to host the Arizona Cardinals. The Panthers dealing with an injury to a star player. And guess who? Running back Christian McCaffrey missed practice due to a quad injury. Current reports indicate that there's more concern for this quad injury as opposed to his ankle and shin injuries last week. There's no word on his availability for Sunday's game. That's going to do it for your 94th of the game sports update. This 94th of the game sports update brought to you by Team Boneyard, an NIL initiative directly supporting Pirate student-athletes. For more information on how to donate, go to teamboneyard.org. On the other side of this quick timeout, ES play by, ESPN play-by-play announcer Jay Sonholder. He'll be calling ECUSF. We'll hear him on the other side of this quick timeout here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Pirates, Panthers, the P-Man. Oh, my. More of the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game right now. All right. uh, We've got uh, Jay Sonny Sunholder, ESPN college football analyst. With us here, Jay will be on the call this weekend of uh, Central and Campbell. For ESPN Plus, uh, Sonny Sunholder joins us uh, here, ECU football alum, IBX media alum. Uh, Sonny, uh, great work uh, here on the Pirate Games, and uh, you'll uh, get to see Campbell again this weekend, so that'll be interesting. But uh, kind of an interesting game this past Saturday. Uh, You know, I, I, I think, you know, Ben and I have talked about it. You and I talked a little bit about it Sunday. Navy just played with, and they took a lot of, I think, chances that they might not normally take, but they were, they were kind of desperate for a win and they, 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 they had a great strategy and they executed it well. And, and they took some chances again that I don't think a, a normal Navy team might would take. Ben, do we got Sonny or is he not on the line with us here? Navy is impossible to prepare for anyways, but Navy came in going 0-2. They had a bye week, so they had an opportunity really to correct their mistakes, get a jump start on ECU, 
And that's a real thing when you're facing a motivated team whose back's against the wall. And then when ECU start playing, Elijah Morris goes out early, and then they lose Keaton Mitchell. So there's a lot of things that happen in that ball game that maybe wouldn't have happened. And you're right, Navy was blitzing, taking a lot of chances, and it just turned into one of those ball games where it went down to the wire. But Navy had the time of possession, and they were able to play with the style they wanted to play with. But a lot of things happen in the ball game that maybe normally wouldn't happen for the Pirates or normal teams wouldn't yeah. have a bye week and be ready to prepare and throw all that at them. What you uh, what what have you thought of ECU's defense uh, with what you've seen so far from them this season? I think the defense has been outstanding. I mean, like you look at the secondary and how physical the back end of the defense is. I've just been so impressed with with the development of, of Stringer and Wood and, you know, just the different Tegan Wilk, the guys back there, Malik Fleming. And then you look at the depth in the overall speed. I mean, just the improvement it has been, I mean, night and day from, you know, the past couple of years till now. And you look at how many guys are coming in. Jason Schuford came in the ball game, you know, reserve when Morse went out. So a lot of guys coming in and making an impact. So, you know, I know, I know in that ball game, the defensive guys came out after the game and, you know, said they can, you know, still things they can improve on. But, I mean, I, I've just seen so much improvement on that side of the ball. Jay Sonhalder, uh, ESPN College football analyst uh, with us here on the Patrick Johnson uh, show. Sonny, uh, what you, uh, you know, Pirate offense, as you said, they, they, they had some bad breaks overall. I think Keaton Mitchell not being uh, available. Um, you know, obviously limited a home run hitting option. Uh, Winstead is, has emerged as a, uh, you know, reliable target. Uh, Holt Naylor's, I think we've seen him look great. Fabulous, obviously, at times. We've seen him, you know, I don't want to say struggle, but we've, we've seen him maybe, uh, you know, have some challenges because obviously teams and Navy did, they game plan to put pressure relentlessly on Naylor's and make him make fast decisions. Well, I think in the Navy ball game, I mean, what they did as far as their stunts and their rotations and pre-snap looks, that's not a normal defense Right, <laughs> any yeah. college team can play. I mean, that's like an NFL level, and that's because of two reasons. They had a bye week, and then also, you know, they've, they've got a small team, and they're not as big as other teams they play, but they make up for it because of how smart they are. So. There's a lot of things Navy did um, that is really hard, and they'll present problems to anybody. Again, their backs are against the wall, and they threw everything in East Carolina. Um, for Aylers, I mean, he he was so accurate. He's been, he's been. I mean, his ball placement has been has been awesome to start off the season. I just think yeah, it really has in that been. ball yeah. game. Yeah, in that ball game, you know, the running game didn't take off, and it kind of took a while to to kind of feel out the defense. And that's the way it is. I mean, as an offensive player, sometimes it just takes a while to figure out what the defense is doing. But the running game, you know, took a little while to get going. And then, and then Mitchell went out. And and then, you know, I mean, then at the end of the ball game, you know, there's the one they, they wish they had back. But, I mean, that was just – sometimes you go against the defense, that's tough. Um, you know, the NC State ball game, they were blitzing left and right, and he hit guys in one-on-one coverage. So, you know, I think overall the, the biggest thing moving forward for, for the offense is, They've just got to make sure make sure they have balance because when there's balance, we've seen them be unstoppable. And when I say balance, I just mean having success in the running game because that'll set up the play action pass. Yeah. Last thing, uh, what what do you expect? Uh, do you expect the Pirates maybe to to 
uh, maybe diversify the offense uh, some, or, or what do you expect going into the South Florida game? Because it's a South Florida team that's had their challenges at times. Yeah, I mean, and South Florida has played a really tough schedule, and they almost beat Florida, but they've, they've also gotten gashed. I mean, I what I would expect for East Carolina is, you know, obviously you want to get everybody involved, but if South Florida's watching the film, they're going to see Winstead had a huge ball game. So I'm sure they're going to try to take away him. But again, there's definitely a wide receiver position with Jalen Johnson, C.J. Johnson. So I'd expect those guys to be involved, the tight ends as well. But I think in this ball game, you know, right now teams loading the box up to stop the run. I'd expect to see some misdirection plays, more shifts, more motions, and also screen plays to kind of loosen things up for the running game. Yeah. Hey, Sonny, thanks. We appreciate the time. Uh, we'll uh, we'll talk with you again soon. Yes, sir. Okay. Thanks so much, guys. There he goes, Jay Sonny Sunalder. Uh, catch him Saturday uh, on ESPN Plus Central and Campbell, and then tomorrow night with a plucky upstart named Patrick Johnson for Sinclair and the Friday Night Rivals package. Uh, Jordan and Hillside out of Durham, and uh, the former Rose offensive coordinator uh, Justin Allred coaching. Durham Jordan now. All right, we'll uh, be back to wrap the show up after this. Thanks to David Sawyer for being on with us. Storm Team 9 looked for the uh, effects of this uh, hurricane on the east uh, Thursday and uh, all day Friday. And uh, hopefully out of here uh, for Saturday, maybe in the morning a little bit. Uh, also, big thanks to Jay Sonalder for hopping on with us. Great job today by uh, Mississippi and Ben Byram. Uh, ben will be in tomorrow. Is Cookie or Pilk producing for you tomorrow, Ben? Uh, How's that? Uh, it's gonna be out? it's gonna be Chris. All right, so Cookie's gonna produce for you tomorrow, and uh, those guys will have uh, comments from the uh, coordinators and Mike Houston uh, ahead of the uh, well ahead of everything going on uh, this weekend. And uh, Jim Zoki. Zoke will be on with you, right? That's right. I'm excited. Christian McCaffrey's hurt, so we got to deep dive into that. What's you got to deep dive into Christian McCaffrey. He's uh, he's he's a fragile uh, fella. That Christian McCaffrey uh, is made of glass, so uh, that's that's unfortunate. Uh, I'll be back Friday. Doug Martin scheduled to join us. Uh, we'll obviously see what else uh, we'll have lined up at that point. All of the high school games tomorrow night, including uh, Rose. Uh, and you can hear that game right here at uh, 6.50 tomorrow. So uh, with coverage beginning, uh, they played Northside Jacksonville. All right. Uh, have a great rest of your evening, everybody. Uh, ben will guide you through things Thursday. I'll be back Friday. We'll see you then. And in the morning, T.O.T. Uh, on the award-winning WTI Beatable.